Haig comes in on the right wing. He's in behind the oiler net, ridden off of it by Lagesson. Fogel can get it to the middle of Bouchard, long pass to Pugliarvi, the breakaway. Pugliarvi scores! Yes, the Pugliarvi on the breakaway! He goes five hole, and the Oilers are up 3-0. The Bison King with the game winner tonight in Vegas. The final Oilers three, Golden Knights two, Edmonton's record 15-5. How about this? Neither Connor McDavid nor Leon Dreisaitl getting a point tonight, but the Oilers still get a victory. And Miko Koskinen standing tall, especially early in this game, though he made big saves at other times as well. He stops 36, and he's 11-2 and two on the season. Hope you're having a great Saturday. It's 8 o'clock along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, entertaining game, very entertaining game. The Oilers get another win in Vegas. They won there about a month ago, so 2-0 uh, and in the four games so uh, two of the four games they've played so far against Vegas this season. And, and I think a lot of performances to talk about tonight, but but man, oh man, I, I think we got to sort of revisit an ongoing theme. Not a great opening 10 minutes for the Edmonton Oilers as a team, but one guy knew exactly <laughs> when the game started and he was awesome early. Uh, Koskinen, it was. What did you say, 11-2 and two on the season? Not bad for a backup goaltender that uh, most were hoping would be gone before the season started. He was excellent in this hockey game. Leonard is a very good goaltender in the opposite end. Good enough that the or that the Vegas Golden Knights could trade away the Vezina Trophy winner in, in Marc-Andre Fleury. And Koskinen, for the second time this year, bested him. Uh, he was outstanding earlier, early in the game. Uh, held Vegas off the score sheet when Vegas could have taken and should have taken the lead early in the hockey game. Then there was a stretch in the third period where Vegas really put the pressure on the Edmonton Oilers. A number of great scoring chances. And again, Koskinen looked uh, very calm, very confident in that. And it's when you have a goalie playing as well as Koskinen did tonight, uh, it, it sets it up for a good night offensively and a good night for your team. So Koskinen was by far the best player on the ice for both teams. And a big reason that the Edmonton Oilers came out of two points. One of the storylines going into this game, Chris Russell, who blocks six shots. He's now up to 2,003 in his career. That is the most all-time. He just needed two tonight to pass Brent Seabrook for the record. I mean, again, the stat's only been kept since 2005, but that's a lot of shots in any era. And they isolated on the TV broadcast which shot block was the record breaker and it was a key one because the Oilers were killing a penalty and they were tr- they were stuck in their own end for a long time and uh, it, it was a, a one-timer Russell got over and blocked it and then a, a good moment they showed on the bench during the TV timeout Koskinen giving him a pat now I don't know if Koskinen w- knew for sure it was the record or was just saying hey thanks buddy you well, hung in there again well it was a backdoor one-timer from Pacioretty who, the, the goal scorer for the Vegas Gold Knights he's got a bomb it's a heavy shot from there and again uh, in a perfect world and I know that when I played junior we practice this and we practice at times in the NHL you practice blocking shots and usually with tennis balls and it showed you the proper way to block it so that you wouldn't get hurt and that's in a controlled drill so that you always had your shin pads facing and the puck could only or the ball at that point could only hit some point part of your shin pad in a game you don't have the luxury of getting in the perfect position each and every time and what we see with russell he throws whatever body part is 
closest into the line of fire. And on that one there, he just turns. Uh, that puck hurts. again. Like, seriously, these guys are shooting 80, 90, up to 100 miles an hour. And you are protected at parts of your body. There's parts that are exposed. Um, so unbelievable that he uh, is now the NHL record. And, and I, you say that they've only kept records since 2005, which is true. But still, he has blocked over 2,000 shots over the course of his career. So uh, much appreciated by coaching staffs, teammates, and especially goaltenders throughout his career. So the Oilers take it 3-2 in Vegas. That means a $300 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season and 20 games in. 77 goals for Edmonton, so we're up to 70. 700 bucks. Thank you very much, James H. Brown and Associates. Now, in terms of the game flow, so the Oilers score on a two-on-one, they score on a breakaway, and they score on another breakaway. Uh, I mean, is it is it fair to say this was uh, counter-attack, counter-punch opportunities that the Oilers took advantage of? This was L.A. Lakers versus Bo- Boston Celtics from the, from the 1970s and 80s. It was half-court offense versus uh, fast break and the fast break capitalized on their chances that was the biggest thing and we talked about it during the the intermissions that one when one team goes all out on the four check sometimes when the puck doesn't hit the back of the net they pressure harder and harder and the fourth player sneaks in a little further and the fifth player sneaks in a little further and if there's a turnover as a defender all you're th- doing is throwing the puck into an area and then it's a race, and usually your guys facing the right direction is going to win that race, and that's what happened time and time again. Vegas had great control offensively. They had pressured offensively, but one guy snuck down too far, and the Oilers snuck out past them. So it was a bend-don't-break kind of defense for the Oilers through 40 minutes, and and they capitalized. Now, having said that, not the perfect way to play defensively. Mm -hmm. You rely strongly on your goaltender to make those saves, but when he did... He allowed his offensive players to find a little bit of juice and get those odd man breaks. So I, I think this is one where both coaches are going to find a lot of good in their game, but they're also going to find things like, here's what we got to clean up. Vegas, if you want to be a championship team, you can't give up, was it seven odd man breaks that you and I counted? You can't do that. And if you're the Oilers, you can't get hemmed in your own zone and give up seven grade A scoring chances in the first seven minutes of a hockey game. Yep. Having said that, the one thing that we've seen when Vegas and Edmonton play, they play high-event hockey. They play exciting hockey. Uh, and that was a lot of fun to watch. And the two best players in the world were held scoreless, yet there were ample scoring opportunities and some great saves. So a fun game and one that the Edmonton Oilers winning that game, they go home with a winning road trip again. They go home with a 15-5 and record, and they put a little distance between them and a Vegas team that's coming on that's going to get healthier and healthier. So if you're racing for either the... Uh, division or the conference championship that's one of your you know one of the favorites that is pursuing you just got a little further back yeah i i like how you put that tell probably a lot of tape on both sides of the ledger here for the coaches and yes everybody i know they don't actually use tape anymore but (laughs) i mean it's it's just crazy and i i was thinking about it the last couple days and i'm thinking you know am i am i making too much of the Oilers starts you know, are people tired of me talking about it and bringing it up? Because they, they're still winning most of the time, mm-hmm. and, and they, they, found, they found a way to survive more often than not. 
and quite frankly um even some of the games where they've fallen behind have still turned into close games even if they were playing catch up the entire game so i don't know i i, I I'd like obviously long term i don't because it's like the oilers formula right now is in the first 10 minutes it's like Go, Miko. Good job, buddy. Oh, another good save. Hey, good for you. Well, it's it survive is what yeah. it all it is. If we survive that first 10 minutes, we're going to be good. Uh, in all honesty, we won't know if you're making too much of it until the Oilers get to the playoffs because the Oilers are good, a good enough team that despite any faults they have, despite starts, despite injuries, they are a good enough team. They're going to be a playoff team. So when they get the playoffs now, let's see some of the things that – are creeping into their game, the slow start, stuff like that, will that haunt them then? Because in all honesty, the Oilers are only going to be judged now on their playoffs. They're a good enough team that it's now expected they'll be in the playoffs every year. And if they go, they win the division or if they win the conference and lose in the first round, that is an unsuccessful season. So uh, I think it's something you want to clean up. I do not think you want to trail. If you go into a seven-game series and fall behind in six games in that series, I don't think you're going to have success. Having said that, uh, we're not going to know the answer to any of those questions until the playoffs start. But now is, the, as we say, the dress rehearsal. This is when you're preparing for playoff hockey. To do that, start finding a way to do things properly from start to finish. And these two teams with a couple more meetings this season, both are going to be in Edmonton. Now, you never know with injuries. I'm going to list off some players that didn't play tonight, but by the time they meet again, who knows? Other guys could be out. But Eichel, Martinez, Patrick, and Carlson, you know, all would be... Well, they'd regulars be... for Vegas, and then Edmonton, Nurse, Smith, Shore, Keith, all would be regulars for for the Oilers. True, who's uh, been an in and out guy. So. Vegas is probably missing more impact players in their lineup right now. I mean, Eichel would be their best player if he was in the lineup. Yeah. Martinez would be their I don't know second best defenseman, third best defenseman. Though I agree, they're missing Eichel. But it's hard for me to quantify how they're missing Eichel because he's, he's never, never played, played for them. You know what I mean? True. Like it's, but they gave I up put a him time in a different for, category almost. But he sh- he should be their best. Well, player. Krebs would have played, even though he's not as good as Eichel. But I, I mean, no, Krebs. But no, but I'm <laughs> no, saying he they, would not they, so they subtracted a guy. You know, they, they subtracted, subtracted Krebs, a fourth line player. Who's but, but but I'm just saying a promising young player. You know, they they. But they, I'm just saying I'm just saying impact players. Oh, for sure. There's no yeah, for sure. Eichel Eichel should be their best player. They gave up a king's ransom to get him. But so, they kind of like traded though. When they traded, they made the trade. They were getting Stone and Pacioretty back too. So, yeah, it's they. Vegas is good. Vegas to me, Vegas is built more for playoffs than they than they are for regular season. And they've they've had success. They've been to the Stanley Cup Finals and been to the Final Four twice. This is a good hockey club. The Edmonton Oilers beat a very good hockey club tonight. And I think it's a confidence builder that now they've come into Vegas. And I do believe they'll play them in the playoffs. They've come into Vegas and won twice. And they've also come into Vegas, beat Vegas without Connor and Leon getting a point. Those are huge confidence builders going forward. And if the Oilers win the division or win the conference, uh, it'll be on the back of games like this. So the Oilers move a point ahead of Calgary for first in the Pacific Division. The Flames are currently playing. Just started. Just started against the Winnipeg Jets. So right now the games played are even. So if Calgary wins, they go a point ahead of Edmonton, but Edmonton has a game in hand. So a good race. I mean, Anaheim is still hanging around. We'll see what what they do. Don't put too much money on the Ducks in your new casino in your basement. No, fair enough. I believe it's going to be Edmonton, Calgary, and Vegas will be the three teams in the Pacific that will make the playoffs. And the Calgary Flames, uh, I'm shocked, surprised, 
that they're where they are, but they just showed Markstrom's. Markstrom's you know got the, a 1.7 goals against average on the season. And Calgary has the best goal differential in the, the division. I mean, Edmonton, as we know, scores a ton, but sometimes they, they give up. But then Calgary is plus 30. 20 games. 20 games. Season, 20 games. No, it's fine. So it's not just they're winning, getting shutouts. With yeah. I mean, they've won games four or five nothing, right? Yeah, they're, they're good. Calgary is good. They don't give up much. They play Daryl Sutter hockey. Uh, can they do it over the course of the season? I don't know, but a quarter of the way in, they've done very, very well. And they've got their goaltender right now is having the best season in the NHL of any goaltender. Oilers win 3-2 over the Golden Knights. You can get in touch on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. Before we hear from you, let's hear from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Season, how did you see the team's overall effort, including Miko Koskinen in net? Miko was really good early. You know, that... that uh... We took a penalty early just so Rusty could get the blocks, get that out of the way. And uh, But he, he made some big saves his first period. Second period, I thought we settled in. We played a lot better in the second period, and then they really pushed hard in the third, and he, uh, he made enough saves to get us a win. So it was a big effort by him. Uh, I thought we were opportunistic, capitalized on some chances. But uh, all in all, coming in with, with our back end, with the injuries we have right now, we knew we were going to be under pressure a little bit. It's just can you uh, can you sustain it and make sure you uh, not giving anything away? And we were we were solid enough to get the points. On a team with headlines focused around McDavid and Drysaitel tonight, probably Chris Russell night. Can you talk yeah. about how special of a feat that yeah, is? It's, yeah, we, we talked about it in the dressing room after the game. I mean, the history of the game. There's nobody blocked more shots than that. And uh, and if everybody knew how much that hurts, like there's there's six blocks out of every 10 that are, you know, sting you a little bit. And there's four out of every 10 that really hurt. And you think a guy like that has done that 2000 times, which is, it's incredible. Incredible. I told him after the game, I remember we were in Dallas, we were talking about drafting him as a defenseman. He was an offensive defenseman somewhere. He figured out along the way, he better stop some pucks. So yeah, it's a credit to him. It's a really, it's really amazing accomplishment. And our team was really happy for him tonight. Uh, can you talk about the effort by Zach Hyman on his goal? I mean, yeah. Mike Smith talked about his kids and saying, if you want to watch one player in the NHL, it's Zach Hyman and his work ethic, just the ethic. And those, and those are like the guy he was battling against there is known for that strength also. So that's, uh, that even magnifies it. You know, he ended up, he ended up beating one of the best guys in the league in, in the strength department. So, uh, that's what he does. You watch how much he has the puck in the offensive zone, holds pucks. He's, he's just hungry on it all the time. And he got rewarded with that one. You were discussing Miko and he just seems so kind of relaxed, whether it's 25 shots a period or five. And I wonder how that just helps the team feel, feel real comfortable knowing what he's doing back there. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a big guy. He never gets flustered on anything. He's his emotion is just kind of calm all the time and players feed off that they can, they can understand that he's going to be back there and, and make the saves he needs to. And we got to make sure we take care of business in front of him. So it's uh He's a, he's a calming guy back there, and he's played very well. Uh, relatively short road trip, but an important one. What do you make of how it went? Well, we didn't start out very well. I thought Dallas played a great game, and uh, we we uh, you know weren't up to the task that night. The, the Arizona game, we, uh, we started out a little bit slow, but then as the game went on, we really took over the game. And then tonight was they they had the early power play to get momentum but it was back and forth and uh we got the lead and we knew they were going to push but we we played solid enough to to find a way to get points so 
we're 15 and five after 20 games and uh, we got a day off tomorrow and a couple of days practice which we haven't practiced in a long time with our schedule so um, a little bit of a reset but there's some things that we did very well the first 20 and there's some things that we got to continue to work on to improve but uh, all in all you look at what we've accomplished so far it's been a good start to the season a big goal from Yessi. you said you wanted to see how he performs on that third line yeah. what have you seen in the last couple of games and obviously a timely goal he, tonight? he was uh he was good tonight like that whole line was good tonight um uh, young mcleod is really taking a step forward here and then him and jesse are, but what we're trying to do there is we're trying to find a little more balance on on our group and if we can get uh you know, a third line that can continually have a scoring threat and be real solid to, to play against, it makes us a better team. So we've been kind of tinkering around trying to find that early. We had it with Ryan and McLeod and or Ryan and uh, Fogel and Cass, and then they kind of uh, dried up a little bit. So we got to find we got to find a third line that's a factor in the games. And tonight they were a factor. From the last I checked the score sheet, uh, Philip Broberg played a team high 23 and a half minutes. What about his game and his first four NHL games makes you comfortable enough to set him out that frequently? We're, we're playing him so much he's not thinking about it. He's just playing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's it's been uh, it's been really pleasant to watch a young player like that not get flustered, go out there and... and it's not as if he's playing soft minutes. He's playing hard, hard minutes here. And, and we have him on at the end of the game in a 3-2 game against a good team in Vegas. You know, he's a young player that's going to learn. And right now, because of our injuries, he's getting a lot of ice time and he's fared very well. And that'll that'll bode well for his future. Time for two, two quick questions on you. Terry, go ahead. Uh, Coach, can you expand a little bit on your... Uh... Uh, 20 games, first 20 games. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that this team has uh, embraced, I guess you'd say. Uh, uh, could you just uh, give us a bigger picture view of, of, of how you see your team? Well, first and foremost, I think they're a close team. They're a really close team. The new guys that we brought in have really uh, enhanced our group. They've been welcomed with open arms. They're, they're good players that help us win. So the chemistry of the group is very, very solid. Um, you know, we've got off to a good start. Both Connor and Leon have got off to real good starts. Our special teams have, uh, have been really strong. Goaltending, uh, even though we lost Schmidt early, has been real stable. Uh, young Skinner's come in and give us some, some strong play also. But just uh, with some of the injuries we've had, we've, we've uh, found out a little bit of our depth about our depth, our, our uh, if there's, uh, if there's one thing we got to continue to make sure we're working at our goals against we, uh, that's an area of our game that we'd like to improve moving forward. Uh, as games become tighter, as your year goes on, you've got to be able to keep the puck out of your net. That's a, that's continues to be a focus of ours. So there's uh, it's been a good start, but there's, uh, you know, we've got lots to uh, to work on here to get to where we want to go. Last question, Jim. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto got hurt at the end of the second period, Dave. Uh, just shaken up. It looked like he almost got it right on the, on the chin for that hit from McNabb. Yeah, he came back and played played the rest of the game. So as far as I know, he's all right. Perfect. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as the Oilers win 3-2 in Vegas to improve to 15-5 and five on the season.
Now, we were talking about starts to games. Well, how about this in Calgary? Uh, Calgary got four shots on goal in the first 26 seconds, and the fourth one went in. So now about five minutes into the first period, they lead the Jets 1-0 as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Kraken beat the Panthers 4-1 in the second period. The Avalanche leading the Preds 2-1. About eight minutes left in St. Louis. The Blues are up 5-2 on the Blue Jackets. Halfway through the third, it is Dallas 3, Arizona 2. The Canadians knock off Pittsburgh 6-3. The Oilers' next opponent is the Penguins on Wednesday. Red Wings beat the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. Lucas Raymond got the winner. Now the Kings beat the Senators 4-2. In this game, Brendan Lemieux of the LA Kings was ejected for biting Brady Kachuk. There was a fight. They were locked up, still kind of wrestling with each other on the ice while the linesmen were trying to pull them apart. And it appears that is when the bite occurred so what's the He's what's a, the rob brown suspension or punishment well, here? He, he should get it and i don't know give him 15 games for biting and 10 more for being a moron like seriously well i think they can lump it all together can't no they? i think you got to actually actually put it out that he's a moron <laughs> i mean they showed kachuk in the penalty box showing the first it was the the guys that run the clock and then obviously he must have shown the referees as well he's showing them he showed him a couple places where he was bit on his hand uh yeah no uh, to me i i would give him 25 games give him make it big because that is just stupid so uh send a message to the rest of the national hockey league i don't know why you would have to that biting should not be allowed in hockey but uh something like that give him 25 games and be done with him 780-496-0063. This texter says, guys, do you think Broberg stays in the lineup when everybody is healthy if he keeps playing the way he has? Uh, that's a great question. I thought he he's good. Now, there's still things in his game that he's going to have to continue to learn. He got beat one-on-one. I think it was Shea Theodore turned him a little bit. Uh, that's going to happen as he learns the, the speed of the National Hockey League level. Uh, the guys are faster up here, a little stronger. Uh, but he, his potential or his, his ceiling is very, very high. He's looked good and obviously has the trust of the coaching staff because in a game against Vegas, a very good team and a very important game and a close game, he led all D-men in ice time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to make those predictions, Reed, because by the time the other guys are healthy, someone else might be hurt. But I can say this, Broger, Broberg, the way he has played and the games that he has played, has made a huge case for himself that he should be an everyday defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers this season. Well, where you think this this season? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go with your best players, um, he right today he played more than any other left-handed defenseman. Uh, when he comes back, is Cuckoo give you more than Broberg? So these are the things you got to think about. And the one thing he's capable of playing both sides of the ice as well, which is something you take into consideration. Uh, he's been good. I, he's giving the coaching staff and the general managers pause on to whether or not he's ready now. But the way he's played, I mean, that was Vegas. That's a good hockey club. And he was very good in this. Well, he's not a liability. I mean, some players you can tell, oh, wow, he's he's trying, but he's got to go back to the mind. And I think it's good. They're getting more information. I and mean, if he winds up going back, he gets some games in. He knows what it's like. And then the Oilers know he's got some games in, what he has to work on. Well, and the also, what what happens, and it's you try to take the good out of the bad. The Oilers have a bunch of 
injury. So they lose Mike Smith. So at the deadline, okay, was, if, we, if we're going into the playoffs with Mike Smith as our goalie, is Koskinen strong enough as a backup? Do we have to make a move at the trade deadline? Well, they've already seen at 11-2, and two, Koskinen's good enough, and Skinner is good enough, so you don't need another goaltender. On the defensive end, we just lost three left-handed shots. Okay, now we got Broberg up. Now at the trade deadline, do we have to give up an asset or a draft pick for a depth defenseman when if Broberg's in the minors, we got this Broberg who we saw him play against Vegas. The kid can play. So you, you start evaluating players down uh, lower in your depth chart and say, okay, is there something out there in the National Hockey League is better than Broberg, is better than Lagason? And that's what the Edmonton Oilers are doing right now. And again, Lagason, uh, you don't remember a whole lot about his game tonight. And you and I talked after one period, and I'm like, well, that's a good thing because he's not going to have a lot of flash in his game. So if you don't notice him, then obviously things went pretty good for William Lagason. KC says Koskinen saved the Oilers' bacon once again. Where were the two best players in the world on a Saturday night against a substantial team? The Oilers have problems. Um, well, well, some the- people just, just can't wait to find <laughs> fault with uh, anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, what did uh, Patch Reddy have? An assist? Well, it, but it doesn't even matter on that. I mean... It, they had no points tonight. They still have more points than any players in the National Hockey League. So where are all those other players? If, if Connor and Leon can go pointless on a Saturday night, that's just silliness. Um, Gretzky went 51 games in a, in a year with a point straight. There were, then the 52nd game, he had no points. So, well, in case he would have called into John Short and complained. <laughs> Actually, it would have been John Short back then, too. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I have a hard look, time look, finding we're, fault. We're, get, we're getting some texts. Do they, at, at times, do they, would we wish we made it a little easier on their goaltender? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. A- absolutely. But Vegas is a team that many picked before the season to win the division. And tonight, they give up. Four breakaways and three two-on-ones and lost to a team that didn't score, get a point from Connor and Leon. Uh, that was a good hockey game. And Connor and Leon aren't going to score every game. So uh, to me, as an Oilers fan, I'm happy that my team can win with my te- best two players not having uh, normal nights Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of nights we would get messages. It's like, well, yeah, sure, but they won because, Con- like the other night, Connor, they won because of Connor and Leon. Yeah, true. A lot of times teams win because of their best I, players. I just have trouble... And again, I'm a fan of hockey. It's more than I am a fan of the Oilers or anything. I'm a fan of of hockey. I'm a fan of sport. I have a hard time on a night where my team wins a game and is 15-5 and and in first place. I have a hard time finding fault. I'm like, why are we looking for a negative in a game that they just won in Vegas? They beat Vegas in Vegas. Vegas is a team that everyone picked was going to win this division. They won in Vegas, played played well enough their goaltender was outstanding and uh, so i i really struggle to find any fault in or, or my my message to a, a talk show or my talk around a water cooler well yeah, they won last night but to me i'd be like celebrating the fact ah, my brother's won in vegas let's let's go have a beer and celebrate that fact so uh, i guess it could be worse you could be a winnipeg jet fan is they can't score a goal right now and the calgary flames are up two nothing what seven and a half minutes into that game? Yeah, Calgary's I think the are very good, but they they lost bad. Uh, I think it was yesterday in in Minnesota as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win three two. We have Brandon on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, Brandon. Go ahead. How are you guys doing? Quite well. Okay, so two things. What do you guys? What have you seen that allows uh, Zach Hyman to come here and fit like a glove? 
on the Oilers. And number two, I kind of came to the tail end. I thought I heard you said someone bit someone in another game. <laughs> Brandon, I Lemieux, Mike... Brandon Lemieux br- bit Brady Kachuk in a fight. Jeez, I didn't realize Mike Tyson played hockey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only reason he couldn't get the ear because uh, there was ear flaps. On Zach Hyman. Uh, Zach Hyman is, and it's funny, I, I was on a, 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 the NHL network the other day and they asked me about Hyman and I said, something along the lines of what Mike Smith just talked about with his kids. It's if you were going to ever show uh, somebody, a, a, a kid in, a, in an, an academy, a kid you're coaching or your own children, if you ever go to a hockey game, watch this guy play because he does everything right. He'd love to say, go be Connor McDavid or go be Leon. Well, not everyone can do that, but everyone can play and do the things that Zach Hyman does. He, he never cheats on a on a play he's always on the right side defensively he's always physically takes a hit to make a play he goes hard to the net you can't knock him off a puck he just does all the little things great and when you're going to a new organization and there was pressure he's coming here big contract there was high expectations he just came in and was himself he just played the way that he's capable of playing and he just does all the little things right so i think that's why he fits in so well because the way he plays you can play him on your top line you can put him on your second line and he'll control that second line you can play on your power play your penalty killing four on four your minute to go in the game on the edmonton Oilers, i got leon dreisaitl taking a face off and i have zach hyman i don't care which wing he's on He's on the ice because you know if there's a puck that needs to be blocked or a puck that needs to be knocked out of the zone, he's doing it. So I think the reason he fits in so well is he does everything well. He doesn't do – there's nothing that he does great, but he does everything well, and not many players can do that. Well, you know what? And he he has power. Yep. And he has speed. I mean, he's not a – uh, a sprinter necessarily, but he I still think he can move. I look at him – I mean, I would call him a power forward. Absolutely. I mean, we it, because yep. now you don't have to fight to be considered a power nope. forward. Like Matthew Kachuk, or uh, the other Kachuk, Keith Kachuk. Yep. Well, Matthew would be too, but but Keith Kachuk was a power forward. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, he will check, he will score, and he will beat the snot out of you. Yep. Now, in this day and age... You don't, you don't need you to know, fight. You, you don't, don't need to fight. But, but Hyman down low around the net is a presence the Oilers have, have seldom had in this era. Oh, I, I 100%. He, he's a guy, there's certain players that have played here in Edmonton have been perimeter players, that they stay on the outside, they shoot from the outside, and if one can sneak in through a goalie from the outside, all good. Zach Hyman's the opposite. He's, as who was it, Tom McClellan, just play on the inside of them. And that's what Zach Hyman is. He's always around the blue paint. He's very hard to knock off the puck. And anytime there's a turnover, some players, and if just watch, when a, there's a puck turnover in the offensive zone, some players will get the puck and immediately look to take space, to go wide, to get away from everybody and evaluate what's going on in the zone. Zach Hyman's the opposite. If there's a turnover, he just turns and beelines right to the post, doesn't care if there's anyone in the way. If there's someone in the way, he's going to go through them. He's just, uh, he's a player that everyone should be able or try to emulate because he just plays a, a good, solid, and I think the, the, the key word would be honest. He plays an honest hockey game. Okay, Oilers take it 3-2. we got to call a quick timeout. Douglas and Brock are up next on the Certainteed Hotline. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Three on one the other way. In over the line, Pacioretty across to Stevenson. <laughs> what a stop by Koskinen. Sliding across, and Chandler Stevenson was outright robbed. Yeah, early in the second period, about three and a half minutes in, 
Koskinen making his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen stops 36 as the Oilers win 3-2 in Vegas at the other end. Leonard stops 27. It is Nuge, Hyman, and Pugliarvi for the Oilers. Stevenson and Riley Smith, a puck that ticked in off his foot. Those were the goal scorers for the Golden Knights. River Cree Resort and Casino, the $50 gift card. Excitement, bet on it. Goes to Barb. She took the under. I set the line at two and a half for total points from Hyman and Cassian. They got two. Cassian assisted on Hyman's goal. You are so good with that line thing. I've so been oddly good. close more I, often than not, I think which I, is weird. I think at 90% you're, you're hitting that. That's pretty good. That would get you a really well, good job. Well, I'm not trying to win, though. I'm just trying to set something that turns out to be within one well, or two of the quantity. Well, you can't win because you're no. actually setting the line. So you're doing a very good job. You've had two that might have been off this year. Out of 20, that's a good percentage. Yeah, I'm as alarmed as anybody. <laughs> it's like it's I'm like when I get two or three pars in a row golfing. I'm like, okay, how many triple bogeys are coming now? I'm starting to think you may have a gambling problem. Does it, are your parents listening right now? Probably. Check his bank account because I think he may have a bit of a problem because he's very. Well, I'm good not at this. betting on these. No, but you, I think you've got practice. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just practicing by setting the line. <laughs> uh, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. So it's not on tonight, even though the Oilers win. When it is on, you print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak. Cook before your eyes. Reserve now, jvedmonton.ca. Let's bring Douglas on to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hello, Douglas. How are you guys doing tonight? Yes, good. Great game. Yes. Yes, uh, I just wanted to call in about the game and the whole, uh, you know, the Vegas atmosphere and everything. I remember when uh, the Oilers wore just their blue uniforms and Boston Scoro in uh, the old Coliseum. And, uh, yes, they had their blue uniforms. I'm just trying to say that I figure that they should lose the orange. Why don't you put more blue on the Oilers, you know? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks. I I know, I I mean, Rob and I aren't big uniform guys. Um, I actually like the navy they have with the bright orange numbers. See, I I know a lot of people want the traditional royal blue with the orange outline back. I I like the original ones best. That's my thought. I mean, everyone has. I mean, to me, the the Chicago Blackhawks have the best uniforms in the National Hockey League. That's my favorite. Um, But I guess I can tell you this as a player: whichever team you've, whichever jersey you have the most success in, is your favorite jersey. So there, there'll be teams like, okay, we don't want to wear this one. We are on a losing streak. Let's go to a different type of jersey. Let's go to the third jersey. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a traditionist. I, I used to watch the Oilers. I used to play the Oilers when they had the old jerseys, and that's the ones that I like the best. Roland says, "I like the new third line." Rob, what do you think? I agree. I, I, A, and, and Dave Tippett talked about it, McLeod has taken a huge step forward. This does not look anything like the player that we saw in preseason. Uh, he's been fantastic. He gives them speed. Uh, he's starting to play with some grit. Uh, when you look at Fogel, Fogel gives you the exact same thing every night. His game, uh, it's always going to be the same. His ceiling isn't as high as other players, but he's hitting his ceiling just about every night. And then Pugliarvi down there, his game, it, it simplified playing on that line. So the third line was very good. I like how Dave Tippett explained it. He said that they wanted a little more balance 
in their lineup, especially from their top three lines. And he felt that this line has given him more balance. And I agree. I thought that line played very well today. All right. We'll go to Brock as well. Oilers take it 3-2 in Vegas. Hey, Brock, you're on with Robin Reed. Good evening, guys. Love the show. Thanks. I just, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I, I like the way the team's going here. They're finding ways to win. It doesn't matter. Like they're, I, I listen to Oilers now every day, and they're kind of talking about can't always rely on McGavitt. We need secondary scoring and dry settling. They did it tonight, and Koskinen kept them in until the boys got their legs going, and, you know, that's what we want. But the thing that concerns me is our, uh, you see some other teams getting ready for the playoffs and kind of getting some, uh, like, heavier players, like Toronto picked up. I don't know who the player was, but he's kind of a heavier player. And is there anybody out there that the Oilers could get? Because you can't be cross-checking McGavitt into the into the post and nobody does nothing about it. Yeah, do you mean the guy the Leafs added last year, like when they got Felino, or do you mean in the summer? I think they just added somebody here. Oh, oh they just added Kyle Clifford to yeah. their lineup. Oh, okay. But I mean, adding Kyle Clifford, he, he's a, a guy that'll be in and out of the Leafs lineup. He's I mean, a fourth ideally, line they'd guy. add another Hyman. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> like well that's, that's the yes, thing. They, they're desperately looking for Hyman. You know what? The, come middle of February, early February, We'll start talking a lot more about players that will be available. By then, you'll know which teams are going to be sellers. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, they've got a number of players that are unrestricted. Uh, we were just talking about Mark Giordano, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. How, how would he look on any team going into the playoffs? Arizona Coyotes, a number of players that are unrestricted. They'll try and get rid of at the deadline. But at the, as you get later into the season, you're going to see which teams are going to be sellers and which teams are think they have a legitimate chance of winning. Those teams will be out there looking, looking for depth players, looking for size, looking for physical player, role players. Uh, and, and it'll be fun. It'll be nice because the Edmonton Oilers uh, will be buyers at the deadline, as will probably, most likely, Calgary the Calgary Flames Vegas, as well. Vegas might always be a buyer. Yeah. If some year they're 0-60 at the deadline. <laughs> well, no, this, Vegas' like, biggest buy is the one they've already got. At the After the deadline, they got, yeah, they're going to get Jack they're Eichel. Get Eichel so, they're, so they're probably going to get the best player maybe they'll possible. just leave him on LTIR all season, add other players, and then they'll all be active and for the 20, playoffs. 20 million over the cap. That worked well for Tampa. But yeah. seriously. But, like, that's, but that's, and I, I know what you were saying earlier, Robert. I, I agree. They, they won the game. They're 15-5. and five. Yep. It, it's, it, it, should, it should be happy. But, but I think that's, that's a fair, I think that's a fair question. I mean, I think, uh, Yes. Would you ideally, in an absolute perfect world, we know the Oilers can score off the rush. Yep. Could if they had another forward who could grind? Oh, I know. There's, know, like, there's abs- absolutely. Like, absolutely yeah. Then this is what's so great right now. I mean, it's hard to say great when there's players out of the lineup, but you're seeing depth players playing now that you wouldn't expect to play. Uh, McLeod's already up here. He was down in the minors. His injuries to Shore, and at one point Ryan. So he's playing. Now you're seeing. Oh, Ryan McLeod can play. Now, whether he's done it five games in a row, can he do it 10? Can he do it 15? On the back end, okay, this is what Broberg can do. This is what Lagason can do. So these are key things that the Oilers will know now at the trade deadline when they're trying to find players to, to fit in. I do not believe the Oilers are a finished product. And I don't know if the Oilers team, as we have it right now, is a team that can win the Stanley Cup. I do believe that if they add a couple pieces at the deadline, that they can challenge for the Stanley Cup. We've seen some of the best teams in the Western Conference already. We've seen Vegas is a team that's been to the Final Four uh, the last two years. And the Oilers have beat them twice already. So the Oilers are capable of making a run. And there will be additions added at the deadline. And I think over the next, probably, I'm guessing, another 40 games till the deadline, something like that, in the next 35, 40 games, the Oilers will see 
where their biggest weaknesses are and the things that they need to move on in the playoffs. They they have not had success the last two years in the playoffs, and I'm sure they're going to be looking through everything that went wrong and why it went wrong and try to correct that with additions at the deadline that could help them get over the hump in the first round. Coach Doug says, what do you think of Tyler Benson's body of work so far? My buddies think the tippet hasn't given him opportunities to be successful. I respectfully disagree. Uh, Coach, I, I would be uh, on your side of, of the ledger. I think right now there is no need to thrust Tyler Benson into a I don't top believe, six role. I mean, he's scratched some nights. I, I don't think Tyler Benson will ever be above the fourth line for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think if the Edmonton Oilers are making a push, one of the things they're going to try and add will be to their fourth line. They'll look for bigger size, more size on the fourth line. They'll look for a guy that can possibly play on the penalty kill. Uh, Benson doesn't do that. He doesn't have size. I his his effort level and his compete have been fantastic. It's where his the bar is for him. Is it high enough to be a regular in the National Hockey League? Thus far, it hasn't been. But I don't see him playing above the fourth line for the Edmonton Oilers this year. All right, let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Pete standing by. Hey, Pete. Hi. How are you doing? Quite well. Good. Um, I have an issue with Bob Stoffer, his, <laughs> his, his constant whining about missed penalties. Um, like, I, I don't mind the occasional mention, but, you know, even during actual play-by-play, he'll, he'll interrupt and he'll go, oh, he was high-stick Pete, here. Pete, I, was, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be rude, but Bob has his own show. You can call in and talk to Bob directly. Would, are you interested in doing oh, that? That'll, that? That'll work. That'll really be helpful. Yeah, give, give him a call Monday. Tell him, tell him you'd like to uh, criticize some of his uh, some of his comments. I think that's a better forum than doing it with Rob and I. Sound fair? And save. And the first thing Bob says is, "Oh, Connor McDavid should call go to the refs." Okay, Pete, I'm, I'm really going to encourage you to call Bob when he has open line on his show. Okay, I think I think that's the fairest way to to, to do things. Side note: the Winnipeg Jets have just scored. Is now two one Calgary late in the first period. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Lando on the line. Hello, Lando. Go ahead. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Uh, just wanted to say it was a great game tonight. I love seeing, uh, you know, New Chiman and Pooley Arby all get off the schneid together. You know, all of them had kind of gone a stretch without scoring any goals, and it was nice to see them all uh, contribute. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I tell you, the, the success of the Edmonton Oilers will only be enhanced if the Oilers role players or, or the guys, the second-tier players, produce in games where Connor and Lee are held off the scoreboard. I, I can I guarantee you right now in the Vegas coaching room, they're like, okay, seriously, we just held the top two players to nothing. Nothing. And we lost the hockey game. So that was huge for Nuge, for Piliarvi, for Hyman. Big game for all three of them. All right, we will get to Joe next. And uh, we'll see if we can fit in some post-game reaction as well. Oilers take it 3-2 in Vegas. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Zach White Cloud is past to Stevenson. Got it over the line. Broken up by Barry. Going the other way. Nugent Hopkins with Yamamoto. Into the Vegas end. The shot scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins puts it off the post and in. And the Oilers are up 1-0. The former play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels describing the goal by the former star of the Red Deer Rebels. The Nuge gets a goal for him. 
that's an adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Nuge's having a great season, but he's only scored twice as the Oilers win 3-2 over the Golden Knights. We have Ron on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Ron, go ahead. How you guys doing? Doing quite well. I got a real good quick question. Okay. The upside of the potential of Benson as compared to Archibald, like I don't know their sizes, like I don't know the stats nor their speed. Um, Does Benson have the capability to surpass if he played a style um, like Archibald? I don't think so. No, I believe Archibald's a better hockey player. Okay. That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you. Benson is bigger, though. Uh, yeah, but regardless Archibald. of what the stats say online, I've, I've stood next to both of them. <laughs> Archibald is way faster. That's the biggest thing. Benson's biggest, uh, well, he's got two. He's not a big man, and he's not fast. Uh, Archibald can skate, and Archibald can hit hard. Uh, I, but I have no idea. Again, you never know how a guy's going to change. We've been talking about Chris Russell changing. Yeah, but, ben, but Benson, what is he now in his pro career? He's only 23. Yeah, so he's 23. I mean, when Russell became a shot blocker, per se, he would have been a little older than that. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not going to write a guy off entirely. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty close to it. I don't think Benson's going to play above a fourth line ever for the Edmonton Oilers. And I don't think he'll, I think Archibald is a much stronger player because of his skating. Benson can change, but he can't get taller and he can't, he's not going to get faster. So those are two things that uh, if you're a third or fourth line, you have to either be big or be fast and he's neither all right Oilers win 3-2 in Vegas here's the nooch uh, in the room what did you think of his performance tonight yeah I mean pretty special for sure um start the game I think he had five highlight reel saves so I mean obviously as a team we don't want to uh make him do that but I mean uh incredible stops to start the game uh was solid when we needed him late too Speaking of special, uh, Chris Russell, uh, all-time blocks leader. Just maybe talk about the jubilation in between the in the rooms of uh, the walls of the room, I should say. It's unbelievable to, to really think about. I mean, all the players that have played in this league, and uh, um, Rusty's blocked the most shots. I mean, it's no surprise he puts himself in uh, in front of any, any shot. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how hard it is or who's shooting it. I mean, he's he's uh, laying out, uh, putting his body on the line every night. So um, uh, it's a pretty incredible accomplishment. And uh, definitely, uh, obviously, we're still trying to kill the penalty when it happened, but uh, definitely happy to get the kill. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty special, uh, pretty special moment for him. You know, on a team with so many stars, it's, sometimes you don't get to the Chris Russells. But having said that, in your room, um, he would not be an unsung hero. He just seems like the kind of guy that everyone really, just really likes and respects for what he does. For sure. I mean, uh, we, we appreciate what he does for sure. I mean, uh, uh, he, he's been a big part of this team for a long time and um, a character guy. And uh, I mean, just the way that he plays, like I said, just puts his body on the line. Not uh, not everybody can do that. It takes a pretty special uh, player in person. And um, we definitely appreciate what he does. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an awesome accomplishment for him. What did you make of the night having that three nothing lead? Thanks to, you know, some timely goal scoring on, on your part among other players and great goaltending. Uh, were you sort of thinking at some point Vegas would, would try and make that push? Yeah, we knew that they were pushing. Um, uh, I thought we did a pretty good job mostly of uh, staying solid, not giving too many uh, uh, high-quality chances. But, I mean, uh, that's a good team over there, and uh, they come in waves. And, I mean, every every line kind of plays the same, and uh, they put a lot of pressure on you. So um, it, it was good that uh, we had some timely goals, some, uh, um, I mean, Jesse and uh, Heim, Heim scoring late. 
uh, obviously that gives us a huge advantage going into the next uh, period and gives us some life. So um, we, we knew that they were going to push, but I thought we did a pretty good job uh, holding the fort. Uh, Ryan, you went low blocker on your shot. That seems to be a common theme for you in terms of the shootout in your 11-year career, also on breakaways. How comfortable are you with that shot? Um, well, I mean, it's nice that it uh, goes in tonight for sure. I mean, uh, I've been trying to put a lot more on that, just uh, bear down a little more around the net. But um, I, uh, usually I, I'd say I'm a little bit of a pass-first guy on a two-on-one, but gave me some space and uh, saw that spot. So just tried, tried to put it in, uh, in that spot and uh, happy one post in it. I know you talked about Yessi's goal, but his first goal in nine games. How much does that mean to have a young guy like that get back in the goal column after having a hot start? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, it was a great move by him. And uh, uh, sometimes you grip your stick a little tight when uh, when they're not going in for you. But um, she showed a lot of confidence and a lot of patience to, to make a move like that. And uh like we just said, I mean, it's a timely goal, and so it ends up being the game winner and a huge goal for us. Just maybe as a longest-serving member of the Oilers, uh, seeing this kind of start, um, it looks like you've got things going like from one end of the ice to the other. Just what you think of the way things have gone to start the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're putting ourselves in a good spot for sure. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you can nitpick a little bit and uh, say you want to improve here and there, but I think overall, I mean, you, you get the two points on a nightly basis. I mean, that's what we're looking for, obviously. And um, this is a tough building to come in and, uh, and and take two points out of. So, I mean, we've done it twice this year and uh, some good goaltending, some timely timely goals, but I mean, it, uh, it says a lot about our group in here and uh, we have confidence and we should have confidence, but uh, obviously um, this is the way that we want to start the year, but we got to keep it going. Take two. Oh, go ahead. Okay, we'll take two quick questions on Zoom. Rob, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Uh, you guys are you're up three nothing, and it becomes three two with a lot of time to go in a really tough building. Uh, this team's ability to close out that game uh, is is a is a new feature that's been pretty useful to you guys. What do you notice that's different about your team uh, in that? Uh, yeah, well, well, I think definitely the confidence uh, to be able to do that is uh, is big for us and. Um, I think a big thing uh, when you're in that position is you don't want to uh, late in the game, 10 minutes left, you kind of want to keep pushing. And I thought we had some good offensive shifts and, uh, and, and still we're trying to create some chances. You don't want to sit back too much and, uh, and let them take over the game. So I thought we did a, did a pretty good job of that tonight. But uh, I mean, like you said, it's uh, an improvement in years past for sure. Having the confidence to, to be able to close out a tight game against a good team like that. Jim, go ahead. Uh, Ryan, can you uh, talk about Zach Hyman's goal? That seemed to epitomize the way Zach Hyman plays, fighting off Mark Stone to score the goal. Uh, yeah, I think it was late in the shift, too. He was, uh, uh, probably didn't have uh, um, all of his energy, but he did a great job. I mean, just protecting that puck. He, he really protects the puck like nobody else in the league. I mean, uh, or a few guys in the league. Uh, he, he's really strong on it, and uh, the ability to put it up into a good spot is, uh, is, uh, is pretty hard to do. So, I mean, it's, it's not surprising that he can fend off a guy like that. Like I said, he's uh, really strong on the puck, but uh, to, to show the patience and the, the skill and the ability to, to put it in a good spot like that is uh, impressive. That's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He, Hyman, and Pugliarvi score. Koskinen makes the saves, 36 of them, as the Oilers beat the Golden Knights 3-2. If you want to get post-game reaction from Miko Koskinen, by the way, you can get it on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Next game is Wednesday, home to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 6 o'clock face-off show here on 630Ched. The game is at 8. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday. I'll have inside sports from 
six to eight. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line 3-2 Edmonton. The Oilers are 15-5. and five. Have a great night.